Satan will use any method he can to get folks to worship basically anything but the one true God of the Bible. For thousands of years, Satan has used earth worship as one of his deceptive measures, and it is still being used to persuade the world to worship the world government. Well, we'll analyze and expose Satan's tricks on this edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Dave Robbins. I am happy to that you have joined me today on the End Time Show. And this coming weekend, before we dive off into all this earth worship and this utter nonsense that's going on in the world today, I, I'm going to be in South Bend, Indiana, this coming Saturday and Sunday morning, Saturday night. We'll be at the Ironwood UPC of South Bend. Been going up there many years, probably at least 20 years now, straight, and except for COVID. I think we skipped a couple years there, but uh, we're going to be at Ironwood UPC, 4609 South Ironwood Road. Again, that's in South Bend. And, and Saturday evening, September 16th at 7 p.m., I'll be teaching the new lesson, up Understanding the End Time. I mean, what's the point in all this? these prophecies being in the Bible if you can't understand them, Right? But I think we got a pretty good handle on them, and I'll share that with you on Saturday evening. Sunday morning, that's September 17th at 10 a.m., we'll be right back in the same church, and we're going to have a revival service. I will be speaking about prophecy, and at the beginning, doing a few um, prophecy updates and, and current events, and then we'll get off into... Uh, a, a revival setting. Now, if you've never done this, and I've got many, many, many pastors now that are wanting me to do this on a Sunday morning session, is to uh, do like a hybrid service. And we will do that, and then we'll get off into talking about the second coming of Jesus and how to prepare for that. Many people over the years, I've been in ministry for a long, long time. Many people over the years have been taught that they're ready but they haven't done everything the Bible says to prepare themselves. This is of utmost importance. Think about that. And so what we want to do is I'll be explaining on Sunday morning exactly what to do to be ready. And then if there's something you need to do, we'll do it Sunday morning. And if, you need, if you've never been baptized and you need to be baptized, we'll do that Sunday morning. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you can do that on Sunday morning. If you need to be healed... If you need deliverance for something, God can do these things. We'll believe God to do all of them on Sunday morning in that revival service. If you've never been to a, a good old-fashioned revival service, you will feel the power of the Holy Ghost in that Ironwood Church up in South Bend. I've been there many, many times, and uh, it's, it's just a, a, a wonderful experience. And so I talked to Pastor, or actually my sister-in-law talked to Pastor Walker this year, and he said, man, really want to have a good revival service. So we'll be there when the, when the meeting is done. We'll, be, we'll have an altar call. Come down to the altar. We'll be praying with you and uh, just believe God for miracles and uh, great times of deliverance and different things in that service on Sunday morning. So 
Look forward to seeing everyone. We always have a packed house up there in South Bend. Uh, what a great um, audience we have up in that area. So look forward to seeing you guys up there Saturday evening and Sunday morning. Uh, I, my, uh, my wife and I, Jana and I, will be there along with my mother-in-law, Judy Baxter, and my sister-in-law, Kara McPeak. Uh, we all go up there uh, to be with the walkers in, in the Mendenhalls up in South Bend. Been going for years, so looking forward to that. Okay, subject of the day, earth worship. Oh, my gosh. I, it, it, is, um, it just pains me to talk about this, you guys. What's going on? Because really, they, the news media and all these things, they want to get you mesmerized by all these little different things that are going on. And the, this person in Hollywood did that. And, you know, just utter nonsense. While the real agendas are being pushed and most people don't even have a clue what's going on. So let's cover it today. Because I don't want you to be caught unaware. On October the 4th, just in uh, be a few weeks now, Pope Francis is scheduled to release a follow-up to his 2015 encyclical letter, Laudato C, On Care for Our Common Home. And it coincides both with the liturgical celebration of the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi and the conclusion of this year's annual Season of Creation. Now, from a prophetic perspective... We know the true intention of the Pope's encyclical back in 2015, and I exposed all this, wrote a big giant article of it, and it was to use the propaganda of the climate crisis to advocate for a world governing body. Now, this is all very prophetic because the Bible foretells the establishment of a global religious system in the end time. And so with this part, when I heard about part two or a, 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 the, um, a continuation of Laudato Si in 2015, I know exactly what the goal of that effort is going to be. And it's going to be for him to push a world governing body. You have to go back and read it. And I wrote an article on it originally. I'm tempted to rerun that article in one of the upcoming End Time magazines so everybody knows what's going on with maybe a little revision. But according to Scripture, the leader of this deceitful, the end-time world religious system is going to have two objectives. Unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Just tolerate all the religions of the world. But more importantly, he's going to use this pious position to influence all the adherents of these world religious systems to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end-time world governing body. That's what we're seeing happening right now in many ways. And I'm going to cover some of what happened at the Parliament of World's Religions to make sure you understand how. So we have recent events. They're confirming what we who understand and systematically analyze Bible prophecy, we've known for years. We've watched it come to pass through many of the popes and many of the leaders leaders of these religions around the world. This world religion is in the latter stages of its formation, and the world's most recognized religious leaders, they're beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts, the sustainable development goals, and many different things. The climate crisis of the United Nations. It's all propaganda, by the way, and we're going to talk about that. 
But it's this, the United Nations is obviously the seat of world government on the earth today. Currently, we are seeing forms of earth worship being used to drive this effort. You say, earth worship? There's no way I would ever do that. Well, we'll talk about that. I know we're coming up to a break, but we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Because I do not want people who claim to be Christians, my Christian brothers and sisters, to be caught unaware or to have blindfolders on because they are bought into this climate crisis. It's absolute propaganda, and we're going to prove that on the backside of the break and show you how they're using earth worship today. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear... The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey? to the region that is the focus of more end-time Bible prophecy than any other. Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem, where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptized in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. The subject of earth worship. It's been around for thousands of years, really. And one of the things I wanted to do before we really get into this, I want you to know, and this might seem like a shock to some of you, hopefully not, but there's no such thing as Mother Nature. 
you say, well, what about the wind and what about uh, the tsunamis and all this other stuff? All there is is God, folks. God controls all of that. There's no mother nature and there's no such thing as earth as our mother or a brother sun or our sister moon or our brother river. There's no such thing as all that. The rivers that run down through the creeks out here outside of Dallas, those are not my brother. These are not, these uh, elements do not have a soul, okay? But when you get into some of this earth worship, they would like to say that they do. You say, that sounds, what in the world? Okay, that's where I'm at today. This is what I'm talking about. This is what's being pushed. Almighty God created all of this. The, the sun, the moon, the stars, the river. God created all of that. And that's all we need to be concerned with is God Almighty. Colossians 1, 13-17. The Bible says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption, redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, the wind that's created by God. Whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. There is no mother earth, or there is no mother nature. Okay? Acts 17, 24 through 28. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeth or seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from any one of us, for in him, in God, we live and move, and we have our being. Okay? So, you gotta, I, I mean, I don't care what kind of movies that Disney puts out, with a tree that you go to for spiritual guidance and all of that stuff, all of that plays into this. There is no such thing as all of that. There's only God, Almighty, the one true God of the Bible, and it is in Him that we live and we move and we have our being. Okay? Don't get caught up in all this spiritual, uh, just uh, seance, propaganda Stuff that just, you know, people try to push all this weird nonsense. Don't get caught up in all that stuff. There is God. The Jewish Journal, they come out with an article. Genesis was right. We need to subdue, not worship nature. A statement widely attributed to the great British thinker G.K. Chesterton. He describes the modern period as perfectly as any single idea can. 
when people stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. That is a problem. One of these substitute gods has always been nature. Think about this. Instead of all the false gods, nature is probably the most natural for people to worship. Every religion, pretty much, before the Bible had nature gods. They worshiped, think about this, without the Bible, you can worship anything. Many people throughout time have worshiped the sun, the moon, the sea, gods of fertility, gods of rain, and so on. And that's why the farther Western society gets away from, the, from biblical, i.e. Judeo-Christian religions, the more nature is worshipped. Worshipping the creature more than the creator. The only thing that you are to worship as a human being is God Almighty. Now, there are a lot of things that people worship besides God, but when you understand the Bible and have a... a, a Uh, a relationship with God, God should be the only thing that people worship. Say, what about all these pagan religions and things like that? Okay, now we'll get into it. And this is one of the main points I wanted to make today. The wild hunt. Okay? It's a pagan news and perspective. It's a publication. They published an article, Wonderful and Powerful Pagan Voices at the Parliament of World's Religions. It goes on to state this. The the Parliament of World's Religions wrapped up a couple weeks ago, and by all pagan accounts of the event, it was a resounding success. This is the first article in a series covering the Parliament's events from a pagan point of view. Now, first, The Wild Hunt, which is this pagan publication, joins a chorus of pagan voices congratulating Phyllis Curat, listen closely, who is a witch. She's also an attorney and author, a founder of the Temple of Era, who is a trustee and was the program chair of the 2023 Parliament of World's Religions. Now, I want you to listen. Let me just hold right there. One of the trustees and the program chair for the 2023 Parliament of World's Religions is a witch. You say, hold on, it's a parliament of world's religions. But this individual who's one of the main players in the whole thing is a witch. That's what I'm telling you. You say, what's this got to do with our conversation today? Well, just hang on. It goes on to say, Lady Belladonna Laveau, matriarch of the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, ATC, who led their delegation observed that the the parliament was somewhat smaller than it was in previous years, but no less intense. She was impressed by the pagan presence this year, and she noted the pagan presence would be Wiccans, witches. She noted the event seemed more centered on honoring the earth. The last, now we're at the, supposedly the parliament of world's religions, But they had this big breakout section of people that were in there talking about the Mother Earth, the moon, the stars, the the rivers. She said, "The, the last time I attended the parliament, the scientists appealed to us as their last hope, encouraging religious leaders to make saving the earth a moral imperative. Now, I'm going to tie this into 
what Pope Francis is doing in his encyclical in 2015, and now October 4th, he's coming out with a, with a uh, maybe in essence, a part two to that. So in looking to see how we had done that, this, this witch who's writing this article, she said, I know, or, or the, the one they interviewed in the article, they're quoting her, she said, I noticed that, and listen at this term really closely because I want you to understand this. She said, I noticed that at this Parliament of World, World's Religions, eco-spirituality wasn't a concept I was aware of at the time, and now it's heavy on many minds. She said, that's progress. She said, eco-spirituality is paganism. I want you to remember the term eco-spirituality. Folks, listen to me, and this is very important. I have no spiritual connection to the earth. I have no spiritual connection to the moon, the sun, the stars. I have no spiritual connection to water. That's eco-spirituality. I do have a spiritual connection to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me. God manifest in the flesh and purchased a plan of salvation that I might go to be with Him for eternity. Now, I do have a spiritual connection with Him. But eco-spirituality, no. I have nothing to do. This earth is just a big old ball of dirt that we live on. That's it. I have no spiritual connection. I'm not connected in any way to the earth. Okay? But this is what a lot of people are preaching, and they're using this to get people to advocate for the world governing body, and I'm getting there. So, there was a lady named Mary Malinsky. She's a second-degree priestess of the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, the tradition of Wicca, which is witches, and is a high priestess of the Circle of the Sacred Muse. So what they did... They asked her what she thought about the Parliament of World's Religions and what was her, um, what, what she felt like, what she took from the meeting. And I want you to watch a video of this lady. Remember, she's a witch. And I want you to listen closely to this video. So here I am. It is the last day of Parliament of World Religions, Friday, and... It's been quite the experience. I've had an opportunity to dance with the Dances for Universal Peace several times. I've attended attended quite a number of amazing and incredible sessions. I've got to spend time with members of my spiritual family and get to know some of them a little bit better. The biggest thing that I think that I have to take away from this parliament is that we really need to begin treating the earth and all of its inhabitants as deserving of rights as we as human beings are. There's a call for work towards climate action, there's a call for human rights, and yet we really need to take the the rights of animals, plants, rivers, mountains, the earth itself, we need to give it the respect and the rights that we give to other human beings, that we expect for ourselves. The asking permission of the plants, asking um, 
you know, treating treating the earth with respect will make a huge difference both towards our climate crisis, towards economic crisis, towards human rights. Um, if we can give corporations the rights of personhood, why can't we give the earth the rights of personhood? So that's my big takeaway from this session, that by adopting some of the philosophies and practices that indigenous people have still today and that we had at one time in our history, we all, we all had those indigenous practices. And so we need to return to some of them and that's how we save our planet. So that's my takeaway from Parliament. Now, you guys understand that this woman is a priestess in Wicca, or a witch. And what she's talking about here is eco-spiritualism, paganism. We need to ask permission of the plants because in her mind, the plants or the earth or the water is part of our human family. And we should respect their rights, the rights of a plant, as much as the rights of human being. And this is eco-spirituality. Well, she talked about the... Um, Climate action. Did you hear that? And so what they're trying to do is to tie all of this into an eco-spiritual situation. Now, that, I know that seems unbelievable, but I'm telling you folks, there's article after article on this stuff if you search for it. Well, this is what Pope Francis gets into in his encyclical. And if you, I have read the encyclical many times. He published it back in 2015, just prior to the Sustainable Development Goals uh, that were signed on to in September of that year and the Paris Climate Agreement that was signed on to in, 2020, or, uh, in uh, December of, the, of 2015. They were all worked in conjunction with each other because the Pope's efforts were to be used to get the religions on board with this. And this is exactly what the prophecies say are going to happen. This is what's happening in our world right now. So, uh, man, I know I'm coming up to a break here. I don't want to cut this next session short, but I want to make sure you understand that in the Pope's encyclical, Laudato Si, he actually has a section devoted to eco-spirituality. And he talks about Mother Earth. Sister Moon, Brother Water, and things like that. It's the same stuff, you guys. And I want you guys to understand, really, that the climate crisis, there isn't any. It's all propaganda to one more effort to get the religions of the world on board. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. So the the CBCP news source, they published an article and they said that the Pope said that he plans to publish an exhortation or a second Laudato Si, which is the encyclical that I'm going to talk to you about at the end of a Vatican-supported ecumenical initiative uh, that's going to run from September 1 to October 4, talking about... Um, creation and our connection to creation and how we are um, harming the planet and the climate crisis and, you know, getting everybody to buy into this stuff. What are they really doing? The goal is world government at the end of the day, because there is no climate crisis. So I want you to remember the phrase, that's progress. Eco-spirituality is paganism. That was from Uh, one of the witches in the original article in The Wild Hunt. Well, in the 2015 encyclical, Laudato Si, Pope Francis, in chapter 6, if you go down through there, there's different chapters. Chapter 6 is on ecological education and spirituality. Okay? And it says, and I'm quoting, here I would like to offer Christians a few suggestions for an ecological spirituality. Now you say, whoa, 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 hold on. You just, this uh, pagan uh, witch up here just said that eco-spirituality is paganism. Now you've got the Pope here in the encyclical that says, here, and I'm quoting, here, I would like to offer Christians a few suggestions for an ecological spirituality grounded in the convictions of our faith. Eco-spirituality. I have no spiritual connection to the earth. I can go out and have no problem digging a hole in my backyard. Zero problem, everybody. Remember, the Bible says to subdue the earth, to have dominion over it. God gave us the earth to produce things for us to eat and live. That's what we're here for. God knew that we would have, when God created the earth, think about this, in all the years since then, He created oil and He created gas so we could run vehicles so we could evangelize and spread the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. That's what all this stuff's for. 
So the Pope had uh, this section to the encyclical, Suggestions for an Ecological Spirituality Grounded in the Convictions of Our Faith. Since the teachings of the gospel have direct consequences for our way of thinking, feeling, and living. He goes on, and, and I'm quoting here, more than, more than in ideas or concepts as such, I am interested in, in how such a spirituality can motivate, an eco-spirituality can motivate us to a more passionate concern for the protection of our world. They're going to try to connect humans and with a spiritual relationship with the earth. Eco-spirituality. It goes on to say, the rights of the environment. So in an all-out effort to get those with a religious affiliation to buy into the global warming and climate change scheme, Pope Francis has gone one step beyond delving into the politics of the issue and made it a religious matter. It's not just about the climate crisis anymore. Now they're trying to give everybody a spiritual connection. Back in 2015, which was the year that Pope Francis published the encyclical and the Sustainable Development Goals were signed, Pope Francis spoke at the United Nations where he stated, and I'm quoting, this was a speech that he gave, He says, first it must be stated that a true right of the environment, sounds like what the lady in the video said, doesn't it? That he said it does exist. The environment has rights. He said, any harm done to the environment, this was in a speech to the United Nations. Any harm done to the environment, therefore, is harm done to humanity. Pope Francis actually believes that the environment has rights just like humans have rights. Now, when I heard the speech, I didn't fully understand the concept of how the Pope was using this theory to promote global government until I went back to the encyclical. I can't tell you how many times I read that encyclical. It was huge. Uh, But I made my way through it. I think it was 80,000 words or something. like. I mean, it was like almost a book. But, Remember, the, the encyclical is called Laudato Si, of the Holy Father. That's what the thing says. I'm not calling him Father. But it says, of the Holy Father Francis on care for our common home. So his obvious goal here is to influence the world's populations to buy into man-made global warming and the climate change hoax. In order to do this, Pope Francis refers to the earth, the sun, the moon, stars, wind, fire, and water as literally part of our human family. Now, I want you to tell me, I want to just tell you, I'm not sitting here bashing Pope Francis. I'm sitting here, I'm I'm, I'm just telling you what's going on in the hierarchy of Rome, the, the religious system that's there, and what's going on in our world today. And I'm just being truthful with you, I'm quoting here. So in his encyclical, Pope Francis published a hymn that was written by St. Francis of Assisi, who is the inspiration for now for the name of the current Pope. And in that hymn, um, for some of you young people, the the hymn would be a song, Uh, St. Francis refers to the members of the environment as Sir Brother Sun, Sister Moon and Stars, Brother Wind, Sister, water, and brother, fire. Now, 
we're talking about paganistic type stuff here, right? I have no eco-spiritual connection with the environment. Do not, period. My relationship is with God and with my fellow man. That's it. I have no, I have no spiritual connection to plants. I don't need to ask uh, a carrot plant, can I pull you up out of the ground and eat you? Or tomatoes or uh, apples that are growing on a tree. There's no spiritual connection to that. Go eat the apples. Go plant a garden. Go use the world for what we need it for to evangelize the world. That's the goal in all of this. So Pope Francis goes on to say, everything is related and we human beings are united as brothers and sisters on a wonderful pilgrimage woven together by the love God has for each of his creatures and which also unites us in a fond affection with brother sun, sister moon, brother river, and mother earth. Read the encyclical. Okay? Therefore, if what he's saying is if you pollute the air, if then you are sinning against a family member. If you abuse the land, you are committing sin against quote unquote Mother Earth, because she has rights like humans do. Remember the, the uh, lady, the Wiccan in the video? She said we need to start respecting the rights of plants and the earth and that kind of stuff. Do, do you see how subtle the message is? This stuff can be pushed in society and, and a lot of people are just totally oblivious to it because they're caught up in the next thing that a Hollywood movie star said. When they're pushing things on you and a lot of this, um, them trying to move us off of the oil and gas industry and moving us on to uh, um, solar panels and wind turbines and stuff like that. All of that is a result of this thinking right here. And it all comes down to a hoax. So, the earth, sun, moon, stars, wind, the fire, and water, they're actually being considered as part of our human family. And therefore, we're sinning against our family if we harm them in any way. Some would say the word sin is a little harsh. However, in a further effort to drive the sin against the environment because we're, this is this eco-spirituality, in an effort to drive that home, religious affiliates, two religious affiliates, Pope Francis included a quote from ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew of the Greek Orthodox Church. He says this, For human beings to destroy the biological diversity of God's creation, for human beings to degrade the integrity of the earth by causing changes in its climate, by stripping the earth of its natural forest and destroying its wetlands for human beings to contaminate the earth's waters, its land, its air, and its life. These are sins. Now, is that true? The answer is no. Now, I don't agree with polluting a, 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 the ocean, okay? But it's, you know what? At the end of the day, I've not sinned against humanity if somebody does that, it's against the law, yeah. But as far as going out and cutting down a tree to put in a wood-burning stove to, burn, to heat your home, there's no sin in that. I don't have to go connect spiritually to the tree and ask its permission to do that. 
God said, you want to cut down a tree? Go tree it. The Bible says, subdue the earth. You have dominion over it. So if I want to cut down a tree, I can go cut down a tree and I have not sinned against the, the uh, ecology. Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So Almighty God gave man dominion over the environment. He did not say that we were equal to the environment, or that we would commit sin by giving off carbon emissions or cutting down a few trees. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So isn't it clear what the agenda of Pope Francis is? Whether it's done through political manipulation, religious affiliation, just to get the message across, yield to the world government efforts to further control the global population. You say, whoa, whoa, Dave, that's a pretty bold claim. Okay, let's go back to the encyclical that he wrote in 2015. There's a section all the way down at the, at the bottom that's called, at the end of the encyclical, it's called World Public Authority. You can look into it. So the, 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 the World Public Authority, it talks about it there. And it says that the, the title I put there but the section talks about it, and you'll see. So I'm quoting from the encyclical. It says, and this is what the Pope wrote, given, its, given this situation, all of the climate crisis that he talked about, he said it's essential to devise stronger and more efficient organized international institutions with functionaries who are appointed fairly by agreement among national governments and empowered to impose sanctions as Benedict XVI has confirmed, in continuity, listen to this, in continuity with the social teachings of the church, to manage the global economy, to revive economies hit by the crisis, the, the so-called climate crisis, to avoid any deterioration of the present crisis and greater imbalances that would result, to bring about integral and timely disarmament, they're tying all this into the climate crisis, food security and peace, to guarantee the protection of the environment and to regulate migration. For all of this, listen closely. He says there is an urgent need of a true world political authority or a world government, as my predecessor, Blessed John 23rd, indicated some years ago. So there you have it right there in plain English. The objective of the entire encyclical was a world political authority. The, the crisis is irrelevant whether it's global cooling or an economic collapse, immigration, threat of a nuclear war, food shortages, plagues, real or imagined, it doesn't matter. As long as it produces fear, the global elite will use it to promote a one-world government. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the End Time now. 
Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Well, there you have it. The goal of the encyclical in 2015, Laudato Si, was world government. And now he's coming out with part two or a continuation of that because things have supposedly escalated. He's coming out on October 4th with a continuation of that. Boy, I'm ready to read that, aren't you? I don't care if it's 100,000 words. I'll read the whole thing, probably more than once. Because I'll be putting some stuff. I know a magazine that I'm probably going to be writing some articles for. Uh, and it's called End Time Magazine. Because everybody needs to know about this stuff. I don't want stuff going on behind the scenes. And everybody that listens to us and follows us doesn't know about it. So we're going to talk about it. Now, you guys all know about the prophesied End Time World Governing Body. And we know that the global warming is just a ruse. Global warming and climate change. It's just a ruse by the global elite to establish a world government. Here in the encyclical, Pope Francis is advocating a true world political authority to manage this supposed crisis. It's really not a crisis, folks. God's controlling all of this. So the Bible foretells that in the end time, the world will be ruled by a world governing body and that that global political authority will demand the allegiance of all the world's citizens and the world's religions and endeavor to control every aspect of their lives. In order for there to be complete obeisance among the populace, a one-world religious system has to be established to advocate devotion to the one-world governing body all by all the religions of the world. So it appears that we're watching just such a merger right before our very eyes, doesn't it? Now, oh, and this has been happening for years, I mean decades now, you guys. I, but it's becoming more and more, I mean, they're really pressuring now. But I wanted to mention this today for a couple reasons. Number one, to show you how close we are to the end time. And number two, to make sure you never buy into this ideology. The climate crisis that's being pushed by the global elites in the world is a total, absolute, complete hoax. Is the earth warming a little bit? Maybe, but not to the point where we're destroying it. It's a, it's a hoax, you guys. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, there's many ways to prove that. But I want, you, I want to talk to you. Something. I, br- I think I brought this up on Friday. But there is a, an entity called Clintel. And they put out a, a document called There Is No Climate Emergency. Go to my uh, Facebook page, David Robbins. And they say, now listen to this, and I'm quoting here. A global network of over 1,600 scientists and professionals has prepared an urgent message. They signed this document, and there are more signing on all the time, over 1,600. And they state this, natural as well as anthropogenic factors cause warming. So, the Geological Archive reveals that the Earth's climate has varied as long as the planet has existed with natural cold and warm phases. The Little Ice Age ended as recently as 1850, and therefore there is no surprise that we are now in our experience a period of warming 
because we're coming out of that little ice age. It's not because you're driving a big SUV and we're burning coal-fired power plants. That's not the reason that the earth is warming from 1850. We're coming out of a little ice age, guys. And so it'll, it'll, it'll warm for a little while, then it'll cool for a little while. It's been doing that ever since God said, let there be. Number two, in this document that is signed by over 1,600 uh, meteorologists and, and professors and people that have studied climatology and Nobel laureates. So number two, they say in this document that warming is far slower than as predicted. And, you know, the world has warmed significantly less than predicted by the, the International Panel on Climate Change on the basis of modeled anthropogenic forcing. And the gap between the real world and the model world tells us that we are far from understanding climate change. They also say that climate policy relies on inadequate models. Climate models have many shortcomings and are not remotely plausible as global policy tools. They blow up the effect of greenhouse gases such as CO2, which is what I'm exhaling right now. And in addition, they ignore the fact that enriching the atmosphere with CO2 is beneficial. CO2, folks, is plant food, the basis of all life on the earth. CO2 is not a pollutant. You hear that all the time in the news. But it is, it's essential to all life on the earth. Remember biology class back in, the, what, the 10th grade. Photosynthesis is a blessing. More CO2 is beneficial to nature. It's, it's the greening of the earth. It's plant food. Additional CO2 in the air has promoted growth in global plant biomass. And it's also good for agriculture. It increases the yields of our crops worldwide. And global warming has not increased natural disasters. There's no statistical evidence that global warming is intensifying hurricanes, floods, droughts, and such like natural disasters, or making them more frequent. However, there is ample evidence that CO2 mitigation measures are damaging as, as they are as damaging as they are costly. And finally, climate policy must respect scientific and economic realities. Folks, the document says there is no climate emergency. Therefore, there is no cause for panic or alarm. 1,600, over 1,600 now, and it's growing. People are signing on more and more. 1,600 uh, professionals and scientists and, and people that have studied this for decades, they say there's no climate emergency. We strong, they say we strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy proposed for 2050. If better approaches emerge, and they certainly will, then they say in this document we will have ample time to reflect and, and readapt. The aim of, global policy, of the global policy should be prosperity for, for by providing reliable and affordable energy at all times. In a prosperous society, men and women are well-educated, Birth rates are low, and people care about their, their environment, but they do not have a spiritual connection to it. That is, that, folks, that is total propaganda scare tactics. You're not sinning if you dig up a tree out of your backyard or if you go mow the grass. I did not sin against the grass, okay? But this is what's being talked about by globalists and these religious leaders. So who signed this? Well, there are, there's over 300 
people in the United States that have signed it. And there are people all over the world. I'm not going to go through the whole list. But just a for instance here, Dr. John F. Clauser, he's a Nobel laureate, physicist. Uh, he signed it. Richard Linson, who was emeritus professor of atmospheres, oceans, and climate with MIT, he signed it, saying there's no climate crisis. Dr. Sun Ichi Akasufo, he's a professor of geophysicist, founding director of the International Arctic Research Center of the University of Alaska Fairbanks from 98 to 2007, and he previously had been the director of the university's Geophysical Institute. He said, eh, there's no climate crisis. Larry Bell, who was the endowed professor of space architecture with the University of Houston. Elliot D. Bloom, emeritus professor of particle physics and astrophysics with Stanford University. Joseph Dalio, who was the professor of meteorology and climatology at Linden State College. Uh, and he was the founder of IceCap US. He was the first director of meteorology of the Weather Channel. He says there's no climate crisis. Uh, many of you might recognize Dr. William Happer, Professor Emeritus in the Department of Physics at Princeton University. I mean, folks, the list is over 1,600 of these guys with these kind of credentials. It goes right down through there. I went through there and I thought, my goodness, there's no climate crisis. But because the bought and paid for scientists of the International Panel on Climate Change has says there is, and because Pope Francis says there is, and because the President of the United States says there is, and the globalists that are trying to create a world government says there is, then they expect everybody to toe the line, buy into it, but what it's all about, everybody, is control. They're trying to get everybody to be controlled by the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth today. How do I know that? Well, if you look, Pope Francis wrote the encyclical in 2015. It was strategically published. I think it was in June of 2015. The Sustainable Development Goals, which were originally the Millennium Development Goals, but now they've mer- they they've have been transformed into the Sustainable Development Goals, that, that was the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations. Pope Francis published his encyclical of June of 2015, and then he gave all the speeches to Congress and to the United Nations and everything after that. And then in September of that year, the Pope, the Pope also spoke at the United Nations before they signed that. And then all the nations, 193 member nations of the United Nations, signed on to the Sustainable Development Goals, the socialistic blueprint. They actually say in the 2030 Agenda that they it will only be possible if wealth is redistributed. Now, that's the, main, the major plank of socialism, redistribution of wealth. And so it's the socialistic blueprint to govern every single person on the earth. It contains 17 goals that they would like to hit. Goal 13 is climate action. So they've got to keep... In other words, if there's no real climate crisis and they can't get you scared, then nobody's even going to buy into it. But when they can get you scared enough in the name of security, then you'll bow down and say, yes, I will pledge allegiance to this. I will give up my 
gas-burning uh, vehicle, and I'm going to go to an electric vehicle, and I'll buy Now, if you bought an electric vehicle, I'm not saying you're worshiping <laughs> at the feet of the world government. That's not what I'm saying. I've got good friends that have electrical vehicles. What I'm saying is, is that I don't want us to get to the point where we would bow down to every edict that the world government has. Because when they try and comes time for the mark, people will say, okay, here's my hand, give it to me. No. We've got to understand. That's why it is so important. We put out the new book, Understanding the End Time. If you don't understand this stuff and what's really coming down the pike, some people will say, yes, the, uh, eco-spirituality, there is a mother earth and a sister moon and a brother water and all this, and you'll buy into this eco-spirituality. But there, I'm telling you, folks, Satan has many methods. The Bible says that this world-governing body in Revelation 13, that the dragon gives it its seat, power, and great authority. Satan is the principal driver behind all of this. He's the mastermind. And so any kind of a ruse, any kind of a lie, any kind of a propaganda that he can spin to get somebody to move into eco-spirituality belief system rather than absolute belief on the one true God of the Bible then Satan will use every device he can to deceive people to get them off of what they really should be believing in. I wish I could teach a Bible study to this uh, Wicca lady that I showed you the video of earlier. She needs to understand, we, don't, we do not have to ask permission of any plants to eat them or to mow my grass or to, to uh, bale a, a field of hay. You don't, I mean, come on, you guys. But the fact is, is the people have bought in these spiritual concepts that have been used by Satan for years. The paganistic religions of the world, earth worship. Satan's been using that for thousands of years now to get people to worship something when they don't understand the truth. So here at End Time Ministries, I want to make sure Doug and Vince, all of us, our whole team here want to make sure you understand the absolute truth on these things so you're not caught unaware in the, in the future. It's of utmost importance because I tell you what, I'm serving Jesus Christ and I do have a spiritual connection to Him and I hope that you do as well. God bless. <laughs> 